Hey, my friend. This week, I talked with author and teacher Tokopa Turner, who has a gift of bridging the waking world with the dreaming world. She reminded us that we're more than our rational selves, that we have an intuitive side, but it's often ignored or dismissed. Her work is about supporting us to develop the skills to work with our intuitive intelligence so we can discover who we really are and where we belong. I loved how she invited us to work with our dreams, both the ones while we're sleeping and the ones that visit us while we're awake. And she does it differently than most of us are used to. So here's a practice for you this week, and it's some dream work. You guessed it. But here's the angle. Listen to your dreams in a new way. Write them down, even if they're just fragments. Resist the urge to analyze them by using old archetypes or meanings that you might be carrying from somewhere else. See if you can capture the feeling essence of the dream, or maybe it's an image, and have a conversation with it in your head as you go for a walk. As I shared with Tokopat, I've got this recurring nightmare about a river. I'm scared to go down it. I keep scouting the rapid, trying to figure out the best line that will keep me safe. The way I'd usually interpret my dream came from a more analytical, rational approach. I would assume that my dream was about my fears of rivers or my desire for control or my discomfort in the unknown. But in this practice, what I'm encouraging you to do is to access a different way in. So if I was to become the image itself, I'd get really curious about this energetic element of the river. And for me, as you know, it was turbulent. So like a koan or a riddle, I am invited to walk with turbulence. What's been turbulent for me? What's the upside of this quality? Where is it living in me right now? And what is it teaching me? So the idea is not to analyze, but to actually walk with an element of your dream, to live it. Kind of get the idea? I believe that the more we pay attention to these images, messages, metaphors, or wisdom that come to us in a flash or in many forms, helps us stop relying on external validation and false forms of belonging and it begins to hone our capacity to know and trust ourselves more deeply. There's something to this living system within us that when we come into relationship with it starts to help us inform our decision making, leading in complex and large teams, working with uncertainty, working with complexity or chaos, because it's constantly returning us again and again to a deeper knowing that complements our rational ways of knowing and being. I hope that is intriguing to you and really encourage you to give this a go in this next week. A few final words about practice. Practice is different than a tool or a technique or simply a mindset shift. Practice is like an ecosystem unto itself. It's more like a world that invites your playful curiosity. 
It invites you to pay attention differently. What can you learn, see, feel, sense from a new doing, a new action? What you'll experience will be different than me or a friend who does the same practice. It's experimental. It's designed to be fresh and alive, dynamic and relational. And what I emphasize in season two is practice is a gift of learning from your own direct experience, not from experts, coaches, sages, teachers, but from you. Practice centers you as the awake and attuned one that you already are. Practice is the invitation and direct experience is your greatest teacher. So if you play with this practice and discover that you've had an insight that you love to share with me or others, please reach out. Email me with any observations or questions at jennifer at sparkcoaching.ca. And if you know of someone who'd appreciate the wisdom and gift of this practice, please share this episode with a friend. I'm Jennifer England. Thanks for practicing and being on this journey on the tension of emergence.